You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. When I first became a Christian, I was kind of taught that God only uses like pastors, missionaries. I didn't want to do that stuff. You know what I mean? I wanted to build businesses and create wealth. What a great offering message, Vince. What a powerhouse. And so, uh, but you know, what I found is the secret to the success and the health of our business was being planted in God's house. And that I really couldn't, and none of us can, really step into everything God has created us to be unless we're planted in God's house. And, and so I want you to know, even whatever the passion in your heart is, whatever the passion in your life is, never underestimate the power of being in God's house. Because he's the one that takes you into the fulfillment of all your dreams. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, we're in a, se- in a series called The Church is Essential. All right? And I was looking up the word essential, and it means absolutely necessary, extremely important. And uh, I want to take a couple of minutes and really honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Okay? So let me, let me just say this uh, extraordinary leaders and visionaries who risk it all, that was great insight. Um, Tony, who risk it all, who, who get that nudge, overcome, overcome the fears and, then, and the anxieties that are always associated with risk. But let me say something. Nothing good is on the other side of comfort and ease. But there's always good on the other side of obedience. But real obedience oftentimes is a bit uncomfortable. Pastor Jurgen, although he's extraordinarily gifted and talented, great preacher, powerful preacher, he says this, his secret to success is obedience. He says, you know, I may not be the, the most extraordinary leader in our city. I may not be the most extraordinary leader in America. There might be uh, churches with better preachers. He's like, but I have determined to do one thing. I'm going to out-obey. And that's an, never underestimate the power of an obedient life. So we're going to have some fun today, but I do want you to know you're not hearing from your traditional pastor today. We actually pastor the marketplace um, in our church, which includes government. Okay, we actually believe God calls people into politics. I believe we're in an hour right now where we need some of God's people in politics arts and entertainment, and, and which includes sports. You know, we've discovered in our, we have three boys and an amazing daughter. One of our boys has a real bent for athletics. And so we actually believe that's a God call. God's put gifts on him, put passions in him. Um, you know, remember Eric Liddell from uh, Chariots of Fire? You know, he was getting tempted by his family to become a missionary because that's the only thing God calls people to do. And he was talking to his sister and he said, you know what? God made me fast, and when I run, I actually feel God's pleasure. You may feel his pleasure on the mission field, but I feel God's pleasure when I'm running track. And so what I love about God is he's not limited to doing holy things, Nacho Libre. He actually is able to enjoy you living living the life he wired you 
to live. Okay, so I do want you to understand that um, you have permission to do anything for God. The secret is do it for God. <laughs> so we love athletes. We love musicians and artists. We love media. We believe God calls people into media. We've never, ever needed more journalistic integrity in this country, ever. And so God is always looking. You know, you think about God, he's not intimidated by the size of the battle. You know, sometimes you can determine the, the confidence and the power of somebody by who they choose to fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God still likes to take giants down. He still does. He's still in the business of taking giants down. And if you're a person who wants to take giants down one day and, or two day, just remember it still takes some stones to take giants down, uh, different kinds. But uh, I get to say that, being I'm a business guy. But uh, um, we love, we love the media space. We love education. I don't think there is a space in America that's about to be turned on its head over the next decade more than education. Get ready, get ready. I mean, we never thought that we would be doing online school right now? Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, but what, what we're seeing is through the disruption of COVID, it's opened our eyes to some opportunities that we never saw before. And it's going to be those that have open eyes, okay, that see things different and begin to do things different and begin to access the grace of God and the wisdom of God and the strategies of God to be able to pioneer the future. And education is about to be different. Listen, if, if, if you don't, call a taxi anymore, you call an Uber, nobody ever thought that was going to happen, okay? Um, there are changes coming to the education space, but we love raising up the people that are going to affect that. Teachers, superintendents, I mean, God's on the, on the move. It's an industry he's hungry to change. He just needs somebody he can partner with. Uh, and we love business and finance, and that's some of the space that we work in. We're not on staff on our church, we're actually pastors that don't want to be on staff. We want to write checks, not collect checks. We want to make money and create wealth so we can buy buildings like this one. Who buys an event center in the middle of Salt Lake City in the middle of a pandemic? That's called an audacious church that actually believes we're essential. Never has a city needed a great church, a powerful church, a believing church, a faithful church, a church with vision, a church with passion, a church that's not given in to fear. Yeah, there was a little, a little bit of a healthy intimidation around buying a building right now. But we just said, God say, if you go build it, I'll back it. I'll fill it. I want you to get ready. You're a part of something that's about to be remarkable. It already is remarkable, but, but please understand, I know this in business, we always send our best assets into our best opportunities. Never put your best assets on your biggest problems. Always put your best assets on your best opportunities. I want you to know, even as Awaken, as a church, as a big, a big church, a big family, your big C or your big A, we're sending resources here. Not because we think there's problems, because we see opportunity. We see harvest. Remember what it says when you see harvest opportunity? Don't pray for harvest. 
Pray for laborers. Pray that God would raise up people that want to get to work, that want to get activated, that want to be used for the harvest. Salt Lake City is about to be turned on its head. And God's bringing people here that he's going to use. Man, it's, it's fun in here. It feels good, Vince. Are you ready? Ready to get started? All right, so I have a word. It's called engineered essential. And one of the things that I love about not being a traditional pastor is I get to think through the lens of construction. We're, we own construction companies up and down the West Coast, and we're always uh, reverse engineering something or value engineering something. And engineering has a lot to do with uh, what makes us successful in our industry. And it helps me to see God through the lens that he's a master engineer. Okay, and so one of the things I've understood is God has engineered his church to be essential, and he's engineered you to be essential. And so let me share a couple scriptures, and then we're going to dive into this message, and we're going to move quick. I want to start with Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. Very important to be like the sons of Issachar, to know the times and the seasons. If you know the times and the seasons, then you're able to know what to do. Okay, and we have to be people that are awake, not woke, awake. (laughs) We need to be awake to the times and the seasons because God wants us to do something. All right, so let's go. It says, arise and shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's us individually, and that's his church, corporately, okay? Risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. That's kind of where we are right now. It's a little dark out there. Seems like it's getting darker. The problem is, is if we only emphasize that it feels dark out there and not that his light is on us, we'll miss the whole purpose of the season and we will become inessential. The only way the church or you can become essential is if you properly interpret that his light is supposed to come on you for such a time as this. It's dark out there. Can you imagine this is the time to shine? So this is what it says. Deep darkness covers the people. The Lord will arise on you. Us. Us. And his glory, his glory shall be seen upon us. That's the life. That's the God life. That's the big life. That's the great life. That's the unique life, the called life, the consecrated life. That's the Christian life. It's not the religious life. It's not the one day I'm going to go to heaven, brother, life. Yeah, it is that. But it's I have a responsibility to establish heaven here life. And that God, there's nothing that is darker than light. There's no darkness that you can't light up. There, There is no darkness that can't be lit up. There's no industry that's God forsaken. There's no city that's God. Listen, we're from California. If there was ever a state in America that can't be fixed. But you know what? There's a part of me that likes being there because it requires me to tap into a God who's not intimidated by anything 
or anyone. In fact, in fact, God's a pick your opponent guy. And he will call you to do things that you could never do in your own power. I didn't say he'll call you to do things that you don't have wiring for, passion for, ability for. He's not going to ask you to do things you hate. But he's going to ask you to do things that you do not have the power to do in your own ability. That's where you see grace abound. I know you guys never heard that song called Oceans or anything, but (laughs) grace abounds in the deep water, not the shallow end, not the safe end. Who wants to do the safe life? That's the lame life. Let's keep moving here. You guys like this stuff. Let's go. It says Matthew. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures on, in the Bible. And I don't think there is one that's more apropos for today than this scripture. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. It says, you, us, awaken and you individually are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless, as unessential. Half the problem with the church and why the church is shut down is because we really haven't brought any change or we, we haven't really offered anything. What's the difference? A church that's not making a difference should be shut down. (laughs) Like that. Let's keep moving. Um, I'll say this. This this is the assessment of faithfulness is, is that you're making a difference. The true definition of faithfulness if, you could, if it was said about you, well done, good and faithful, it's that you multiplied something. That you were given something and you made it better. Something was put in your hands and now it's better off, okay? Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, whether it's a career opportunity, whether it's managing the usher team, somebody gave it to you, not so that you can you know, keep it where it was, somebody gave it to you so that you could improve it, multiply it, make it better. That's the definite definition of faithful. Okay, And if you're not faithful with it, we're going to take it away from you and give it to somebody else, like you, who's faithful. That's the nature of being trusted with much in God, is you were found faithful in something small. Somebody saw that. Not just God. I want you to know people see too. If you're waiting for God to promote you, he probably will through somebody who sees you every day. says, you're the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it loses its flavor? It'll be thrown out, trampled underfoot as worthless. But you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house or in the city or in your job or wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, you should light up. Wherever you are found, you should make it better. Don't don't pass out a Christian track 
Don't have a Christian bumper sticker. Don't have a Christian screensaver. Don't wear a Christian t-shirt. Freaking light the world up, and then people will want to know what you believe. They don't need our rhetoric. They need our light. Our light is essential. That's what a witness is. You know what I love about being a Christian witness right now? It's actually super easy. You know why? Because it's super dark out there. <laughs> you could have a dim light and your people will know, what's that? <laughs> let's, let's finish this, this scripture. Instead, a lamp It's placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The problem with culture is we have a skewed view of our heavenly Father who's good, who's only good, no shadow of turning in him. He's never bad, never wrong, never evil, never has bad intent, only ever has good plans, only ever has good plans for us. Even when we screwed it all up, even when we knew what to do went the wrong way, he still has good plans. On the way down here, I was listening to uh, a song, and it was I I traded, uh, I bought the world and sold my heart. But he traded heaven to have me again. So even when I sold out, even when I went after me, even when I did it my way, he still is for me and loves me and still has a plan and still made provision. Okay. I know. It's, it's good. Okay. Let's keep moving here. I've got three points. I'm going to give them all to us. And then we're going to explain them a little bit, okay? First is essential excellence. This is your original wiring, okay? You were never created to just be forgiven. You were created to be amazing. You were created in the image of God. And everything he made is good. In fact, it's really good. Okay, and and then we're the... We're the finality of creation, made most in his likeness. Now, when we first moved down to San Diego, went to SeaWorld, and it was pretty fascinating what, you know, Shamu can do. Shamu's beautiful, and he could jump out of the water, and you could train him, and it was super cool, and then they had some otters that they trained to do some stuff, and they named them, and it was pretty fascinating to watch the animals, and I love animals. Don't get me wrong. They're fascinating. But then they had this thing called Fire and Ice, which was put on by Cirque du Soleil. Okay? And it was this choreographed light show, music, dancing, trampolines, freaks of nature called humanity that had created something. And I remember seeing the distinction between Shamu and humans. Humans are not just one step above the monkey. <laughs> They are created in the image of God and have the ability to create. And I was watching this unbelievable co-creation happening and a massive distinction. And I want you to know something. We've been engineered 
in excellence. The original intent of God is that we're excellent. Now, we are the ones that screwed that up. Adam and Eve screwed that up. They fell in the garden, made some bad choices, ever made any? I have, okay? I remember uh, it wasn't that long ago. I was 30 years old, having made some bad choices, found myself divorced and on my mom's couch without a job, wondering, you know, does God still have a plan for me? Who would have thought? Been married now for 16 years, have an amazing family. See, one of the things that's important that we understand is God doesn't want to just forgive you and leave you broken. He actually wants to get you back into your original wiring. He wired you to be amazing, to be excellent, to be extraordinary. Yep, you can screw it up, but you can never screw it up enough to where he doesn't want you to be your amazing self. And he will come after He's relentless in his pursuit of you. But he doesn't just want you for heaven. He wants you for here. Imagine, imagine if you engineered something. Let's say, look, we're driving this, we rented this Tesla. We haven't had one. It's been kind of fun goofing around, except we got the romance app stuck on it. <laughs> and it's like got a fireplace. And we're driving around like creepy, me and my son with the fireplace app on. And we, we couldn't get it to turn off. There's, there's attributes of this Tesla. It, it, the acceleration on it is wild. The, the fact it drives itself. And imagine, though, the engineer who, who did all this, imagine you getting in his creation and then never using, well, maybe the romance app was a mistake, but, but, but never using the vehicle the way he engineered it. Never, never going zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds and experiencing the exhilaration, never letting it drive you around, never, never experiencing the fullness of the engineering masterpiece that that vehicle is. Now, now listen, you're way more amazing, way more astounding. You personally are wired way better with way more potential, way more opportunity. Now imagine your engineer watching you not not, not try all the features now. Not become all that he wired you to be. And then when you screwed up, he loved you and he loved your engineering so much that he bought you back so that he could bring you back to your original intent. Let, let me say something. When God originally made you, he made you good. He made you to work. He made you to function. He made you to be fruitful. He made you to be powerful. He made you to be instrumental. He made you to be essential. yes. We live in a fallen world. Yes, we made decisions that have gotten us off track. But the, the God's will for you is to get you back on track. Back into functional, powerful, fruitful, able, confident, excellent. You were wired excellent. The way you bring glory to God is to live an excellent life. To get back to your engineering. And let me say something. You can never... You can never get away from his ability to restore. He's so powerful. I know, that's good. Hey, I, I should know this. What, what time do you guys wrap up service here? No, well. Huh? 
Okay, great. There's a great touch of God here. We've been engineered for an assignment. So the first thing is that you've been engineered in excellence. That means your cars, your work, you work, you're fast. Way faster than you thought you were. Way better than you thought you were. There's features to you. If you will just figure out your wiring and how God made you, you won't be disappointed. I promise. But he also has a track for you to run on. It's not enough that you just run fast or that you utilize. I remember a vision a friend of mine's dad had, and he was a missionary. He was a missionary in Uganda. And he had a vision one day of this massive field, massive field. And it, it, and it looked like, uh, like a wheat field. And in the middle of the field was this amazing red tractor. And it was beautiful. And people would come for miles to see the shiny red tractor. The problem was, in his dream, the tractor wasn't built to be looked at. It was built for the field. And one of the things that's important for us is our excellent wiring has a purpose to it. We have to discover what's the track that God has ordained us for. What's the assignment he has for us? What is it? And it doesn't, it's not just the Great Commission, brother. Yeah, it's, it's connected to that. I remember telling our Pathfinders Apprentices a story about the Cantors who, um, they, they were great business people, but they had a passion for orphans and widows. Let the church never lose its passion for orphans and widows and people that are in need and people that are hurting. And one of the greatest uh, harvests we're witnessing at Awaken right now is recovery. We're seeing people who need help. Come on, I was there once. I want you to know that you can be anywhere and God can take you where you're actually helping people, not just getting help. Come on, the the end call for your life is not that you're just going to need help forever. There comes a time where you're actually helpful, where you're actually essential. But the Cantors, they went down to Tijuana and they ran into, guess who? They ran into Mother Teresa. Now, Mother Teresa, if you don't know who she was, she's one of the most famous caretakers of orphans and widows in the world. She's probably the most famous nun or sister or whatever you call them. Um, in history, but she was just, she just loved to take care of orphans and widows and orphans and the people that can't take care of themselves. And the cantors ran into her. So before she was trusted in India, she was doing the same thing in Tijuana, Mexico. The cantors ran into her and they were just breathtaking by their passion to care for the poor. And they're like, Mother Teresa or Sister T, I don't know what they called her back then, you know? I mean, before you're like a legend, you're just, you're just Teresa or whatever. They're like, we want to do what you're doing. And you know what she said? You're not wired to do what I'm doing. You have a business call on your life, Cantors. And if you don't do run in your lane, don't fulfill your assignment that you're engineered to do, there's no way then I'll be able to do mine. We both have the same assignment, which is to care for the poor, but you're the one who's going to go create resources. So instead of selling their business and going into the mission field, 
They went back into the business with a passion for the mission field. And they built one of the largest, they built A1 storage in San Diego. So this, the secret is fi find your passion and your kingdom expression, but run in the lane and the assignment that God has purposed for you. Last one. We're engineered for power. You're engineered in excellence, wired to work, wired to run. You're engineered with an assignment, a track to run on, something that brings you to life, something that brings joy to your heart, something that God loves to watch you do. Not to talk too much about Josiah, but he's like me. He's a hugger. We like, we just cuddle and it's just beautiful. But you know, that's not the only thing as a father that I love. I love all the wiring he has. I love to watch him play sports. I love, I love to watch him do the things that he has wiring for. And I think it's important that we understand at Awaken that God doesn't just delight in your Sunday worship of him. He delights when you're doing your thing. He wired you to do it. He's your engineer. Do your thing. Just do it with him and do it for him and invite him into it. Invite him into your business. Invite him into your parenting. Invite him into your relationships. Invite him into everything. He makes it better. But I'm going to end with this. You and I are engineered to be powerful. And I, I want us to understand something about light. You cannot light up darkness with good intentions. You need the anointing of God to light up darkness. And I want you to know something. Anytime God calls you to do something, he plans to back you up. If he's called you to be his witnesses and being witness in a dark world means you're bright, means you're exceptional, means you're amazing, means you're good at what you do, he plans to back it up. Well, we're going to close this down here. I would be... Uh, one of the things that Awaken, the kingdom of God, needs to be known for is when you've heard a word that you can put your hand up or, or respond to it. And if you've heard some things today, I want to give us an opportunity to respond, okay? So let's just, let's just go through these three things, and I, I want you to check your heart and say, where do I fit in to this message? Have I lost sight of the fact that God engineered me to be excellent? Do I have a poor self-image? Do I, do, do I not see myself through his lens? Somehow my lens got skewed and I see myself through a, a lens of insecurity, a lens of rejection, a lens of fear. And you need your lenses restored to see that how he made you is excellent. That might be you. Maybe you need to find your assignment. You're wondering why the kingdom of God has been boring and just a Sunday thing. And you realize there's a racetrack for you. There's, there's work for you. There's, there's life for you. And, and you resonate with that. It's great. Locate yourself. Locate yourself. And the third thing is you need power. 
you realize you're probably doing the right thing, want to do the right thing, but you just don't have enough power to get it done. And with this story, I remember my daughter on her fourth birthday, she was having a Hello Kitty party and uh, she couldn't blow her candles out. She was spitting all over the cake. And, uh, and she, she was frustrated. It was her cake. It was her candles. She, she was supposed to blow them out. She wasn't blowing on somebody else's candles. It wasn't somebody else's birthday. These were her candles to blow out. But she was lacking power to blow them out. So what do you think I did as a good dad? Like, oh, this would be a great time for Bethany to learn disappointment. She's going to have a lot of that in life. So weird. I would, no, no dad would do that. I snuck in behind her. And I said, hey, baby, blow again. So she spit again. And I added my breath to her breath. And the candles went out. She thought she did it. You see, sometimes we're discouraged because we've lacked power. I want you to know God wants to add power to your assignment. Let's pray. I just want you to know if you're here in one of those points, your engineering and excellence, your your need for your assignment or your your power, if one of those points resonates with you, can I just see your hand real quick? I want to know who you are. Yeah, keep it up, please. Keep it up. I want you to just look around while your hand's up, and I want you to just realize you're not alone, okay? God's speaking to all of us. But I just want to pray for you. I want you to repeat after me. Some of this is going to apply perfectly to you, and some of it's going to apply to the person next to you, but I want you to pray it with me anyway. Say, Father God, I realize you made me in your image. You don't make mistakes, and I'm not one. You made me excellent. You wired me to work, to be functional. And I exchange any views of myself that don't line up with your view. And I allow you to define the way I see myself and bring my level of living up to how you wired me which is excellent. I want to reflect you. I want the world to see you in me. Father God, I realize you have an assignment for me. I want to run in it. I want to do the thing you've called me to do. I realize it's going to be exhilarating and fun and you actually built me to be successful in my assignment help me to find it reveal to me the track the race the lane the purpose the assignment you have for me make it clear I promise as you reveal it to me I'll do it. Finally, I need power. I realize 
It is dark out there. But you're not intimidated by the dark. You just need to turn your power on in me. I want to be a light in this world. I just need more power, more of your grace, more of your strength, more of your wisdom. Turn your power on in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.